Howdy team, welcome back to another episode of Cam and George Brown Dog. How is ya? Afternoon, mate. Going well, thank you. How was your uh, jab this morning? That's great. I enjoyed the experience, actually. It was not what I expected. It was, I wouldn't say it was fun, but it was something a bit different. What was the main motive for the jab? Uh, definitely to get back to normal life or golf. Absolutely. Big jugs is less than four weeks away from uh, moving about 10 minutes away from the brown dog. So we need to make sure we can get around to each other's places sooner rather than later. Absolutely. How did you pull up after your jab, Brandy? No dramas. A little bit tired. Punched in the arm, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. <laughs> what are we? What are we? Let's have an update. Marathon, four weeks away, five weeks away? Yeah. Four well, it depends away. when we do it now, because originally we were going to do it in the city, the Blackmore, on the 19th of September, but that's obviously not going to go ahead. So we're going to have to sit down... We'll probably do it the same day, but we'll have to map out when we're going to do it. Mm, yeah. Things are coming along pretty well, though. You've knocked up a couple of 25Ks now. Yeah, I've changed my – well, I haven't changed. I've freshened up my schedule. Instead of running more often, I'm running less often but longer each time I run, where you sort of just flip to the other side of the scale for a bit. Yeah, I did. Since uh, a couple of those longer runs before we invested in some – brand new hocker shoes um i was pulling up a bit sore so i thought rather than just like run long and be out for a few days i'll just run a little bit less try and go a little bit faster but i can run more often but moving into our last um our last block i have to get a couple of longer runs out now 25 and 30 k's um we'll need to knock a couple more of those off to build the confidence to get to the 42 i think there you go 5k pb the other day yeah 5k pb i broke the 20 minute time barrier that's incredible i didn't plan on um trying to do a time trial i was uh inside doing some uh, wedding preparation that went a little bit longer than i was hoping to and i was a bit like just brain fatigued so i was like i've got to go out for a run anyway <laughs> when i walked outside it was we've been having some beautiful weather haven't we yeah anyway it's just a cracking afternoon and had a singlet on and i was feeling pretty fresh and i thought oh well may as well give it another go today and off i went and i didn't go as hard early today uh, when i broke it i wanted to try and sort of maintain a pace rather than like try and get off to a good start and just hold on um mm. so i think that technique helped me out i didn't burn myself out quite as quick and mm. broke the 20 minute barrier which i was pumped about 
Yeah, that's interesting because you've been going the other theory, try and go out hard and hold on. Yeah, so the theory, I know, hadn't been working. I'd just been falling short. I'd been like a 340 first minute and then just blowing out our first K and then blowing out after that. That's so fast. <laughs> we'll, we'll get quicker too as we go. Uh, Wait. <laughs> it'll be interesting. For yourself. I'm just going to set a little goal on this podcast so I can stay accountable. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to try and run 25Ks, and the goal is to keep 4 minute 45 kilometers um, per per K. That is that is the goal. I did, a, <laughs> I did, I did 15Ks the other day with 4 minute 35. So um fingers crossed i can knock out the 25 at four four five are you gonna go grass or road i'm gonna go grass just because it's much better for my body i don't hold together i don't have the trunks like you mate Mm, yeah i can't do it on grass interesting what people think out there the difference between grass and concrete or road and the difference in times i reckon it's a considerable difference running on grass where it's got the give where concrete you're just bouncing off the off the road yeah absolutely i think when i did my 5k uh i'll always try and do my fast runs on um concrete it's definitely much quicker mm. yeah um, but you're right it takes a toll on the body it does it does um and and obviously still our uh, our charity uh is still on the move we're still raising funds as we go uh Almost up to $2,300, I think, last time I checked Big Jugs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. It's good to see some people are still trickling some money in, which is awesome. So great Absolutely. to see it happening and hopefully it keeps going. Yeah, and I think as we get a little bit closer to, we'll try and ramp that stuff up a little bit more on the socials again and see if we can get up over uh, 2500 and maybe push for the big 3000 mark. We'll see how we go. Ooh, boy. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, Cam and I have had a little bit of a discussion, um, over the past couple of days around where the podcast is heading and things like that. Um, obviously we're really passionate about the holistic area, uh, the, the holistic areas of health that we've been preaching on the Instagram page, which is, seems to be growing by the day, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. We're freshened up with the different color scheme on the Insta page. So it's looking pretty fresh on there at the moment. Yeah, it's looking good. So we've sort of come down to uh, to an agreement um, that we think will be best that we'll sort of try and roll out uh, a holistic episode every 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 couple, every few, like one in three, um, with some special guests on who are sort of a little bit more uh, of an expert in the field than obviously Cam and I. We're still trying to obviously find our own way and learn our own things. Um, and obviously in the in the meantime, we're going to pump out some some. Uh, some uh, summit series, my peak and, and some cricket stuff, uh, more of the area uh, of expertise for us. Yeah, it's exciting. We're starting to ramp into cricket season now. Well, we basically should almost be in cricket season if it wasn't for COVID. But even though we're not playing cricket, we're still about to ramp into the World Cup, which will lead straight into the ashes and the big bash. And before we know it, we'll have our heads in the thick of cricket again. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, like we'd be a couple of weeks away from a trial game and we haven't even met as a squad yet. Bloody yeah. first time. Yeah, two weekends away, I reckon, from a trial game. Yeah, this will be the first time since I started playing cricket when I was about eight years old that 
we've been delayed 16 years of cricket and we can't even start on time. Mm. Mm. Um, so I, I suppose we just want to run through a little bit of a background. Like we're starting to reach a few more people, which is good. We've got some of the My Peak athletes who may have not sort of been coached by Cam or I personally. Um, so sort of like a little bit of a get to know us and how Cam and I sort of paths cross and how we ended up sort of being, I suppose, regulars in each other's lives. Um, we've sort of, I think Cam spoke about it before. It's like we've lived a pretty similar life, about 25 or 30 Ks from each other. Yeah, we we sort of crossed paths twice. We And we'll get into it, but we crossed paths when we met training together at the Cricket New South Wales pathway. And then we didn't drift apart, but we sort of, like we said, we lived 30 kilometres away from each other. But then we sort of did the same thing again and funny enough, both times we, we met up was in a gym. Mm. I, I think the best thing about it too was ne- at neither time did we know either of us were going to be there. Mm. It just yeah. Yeah. Sort of happened organically. Yeah, that's correct. So we first crossed paths and we can talk about how we got to where we got, but we first crossed paths at an under-17s training session or training program where we spoke about it earlier. Dino was our coach, our strength and conditioning coach. And it's pretty crazy to look back on. We used to train preschool. So Mm. training, was it 6am it started? Yeah, it was 6am. We didn't have our licenses, mum or dad or carpooling with another athlete. Like it was funny how, like it's crazy how much when you look back what your parents did to sort of get you where you needed to go. Um, yeah that's a good point yeah preschool like we'd be up you know like five o'clock out the door by quarter past there by 10 2 and into the session by six o'clock and then off we went to school like it was it was crazy like thinking back then um but i suppose that was only the tip of the iceberg to what we ended up doing only a few years later yeah it probably laid the the foundation for us to find a routine like that but Mm. it was even like it's if you compare it now to how the academy set up, it was such a good thing where instead of having, you know, two sessions of an evening during the week where we're in the gym, that was sort of an add-on for us where we we're almost having five sessions a week because we were punching out. Was it two twice a week we were meeting in the yeah. morning? Yeah, it's it originally started Mondays and Wednesdays, and then I think it ran back to just a Wednesday or just a Monday um, back end of the the program. Mm, that's right yeah so it was it was a win for us but it was a a loss for our parents driving us there that's for sure absolutely um we will just sort of touch base really quickly on sort of where we started um and sort of how we get to that 17s um squad where we first sort of touch base um i mean for me uh my club cricket sort of started just as, as anyone would, your, your closest, your closest geographic team. Um, for me, that was the Campbelltown Collegians. Um, after a couple of years there um, and only having a, a name, the Collegians. Yeah, it is a cracking name. Only having a, only actually only having a division two side. I, uh, after playing two seasons there, I then went over to the uh, Magpies to play the rest of my uh, junior club cricket there. Big jokes. Wow. Yeah. I did a similar thing actually. I grew up in Glenmore Park, played for Glenmore, but then I was playing with my older brother and then who's three years older. And once he hit under 11s, 
because back then it was only under 10s that went from, you started at 10. So I played like, I probably played six years of under 10. So when I dropped back to my age group, Glenmore Park didn't have a team for me. So that's when I jumped over to the St. Clair Hawks and played most of my club cricket there and finished back at Glenmore for one year. There you go. So we both, we both sort of jumped ship early on. Um, I was actually like, so after I played a couple of, after my second year at, um, at the collegians, I obviously like most young athletes would want to trial for the, the local rep team. Um, Mm. so I gave the rep team a run. Um, like I was obviously so ignorant at the time, like I was a division two player, uh, trialing for the rep side. Um, didn't think anything about it made the side i thought you beauty but like only down the track with people like oh we haven't sort of come up against you or played you like what are you, who are you playing for i'm like oh i'm just playing for collies oh they're in division two it's like yeah oh well lucky i'm not in division one i'd be spanking you around <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show though it doesn't really matter what type of cricket you're playing at that age no probably something a lot of people worry about way too much yeah absolutely so that's sort of how i, I got into the system but it was actually funny. Probably learnt one of the the probably one of the best lessons of my life early on um, through through the rep cricket system. I like I said, I made that that rep team the year after. I actually didn't make it; got dropped. Um, really, I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is this. I'll tell you this one, Big Jugs. You'll like this one. So I didn't play under tens reps because I didn't play cricket at that point. Um, and then I play. Then the first year I made the rep side was 11s, and then trial the next year didn't make it, so I didn't play the 12s. Really? Yeah, you didn't play under 12s rep cricket. No, didn't play. Anyway, um, and then you made the under 13s New South Wales Academy. Yeah, that's that's right. Wow. So well, bloody done, mate. Yeah, so basically I remember Dad sort of saying like, you know, like these things sort of happen. Like it's basically up to you how you want to react. You know, you can be sort of upset or you can sort of take the foot off the pedal or you can sort of go and try and you know prove people prove people wrong and, and put some effort in so we decided that we'd try that and sort of tried to hit balls most days that off season and uh, bowl balls most days that off season and and that's when I sort of did a lot of fielding training as well I remember becoming quite a good fielder around that age um, yeah and then the next year made the made the rep team again which was obviously that was the goal um, that was the only goal at that stage uh, but ended up I think with the highest average and the highest aggregate in the team that year, um, I don't think well, I got man. out. I don't think I got out once. I averaged over a hundred that year, um, and found myself in the New South Wales uh, Academy that that same year. So yeah, it taught me a lot of things. Probably at a young age, that hard work can get results, and if things don't go your way, you can always do something about it. Yeah, well done. I didn't know that about you. That's yeah. impressive. Thank you, mate. Yeah, well, I was sort of on the other end. I played two years of under 10s. Um, so for anyone out there now, under 10s used to be the first uh, age group for rep cricket. So I played two years of 10s and then all the way through to 16s. So the first year I played up with a lot of the guys that I was playing with in club cricket because I was playing with my older brother. And then, yeah, obviously stayed in the same age group and carried through with the team that we would have, Played a few games against you, Brown Dog. Yeah, which sort of leads us into our next point um, to talk about. I don't really remember too many games prior to this one where we versed each other. I don't know if we're just too young or we never drew each other, but it was a 16s rep game, Cam. Mm-hmm. 
Correct. So Campbelltown Camden, who Brownie played for, were they were the big dogs, really. They did you win the fifteens? Yeah, we won the fifteens, yeah. yeah. So defending champs. We took his on down at Raby number three. Fastest outfield I think I've ever played on as well. Yeah. And taking the big dogs on. I think they posted 260 or something. Can you remember? Or 280 even? It was a pretty big score. I remember yeah. almost, I know, I think Lockie scored 100. Our other opener, I think, got 50. Uh, Nikki probably knocked around a 50. Like everyone batted pretty well that day from memory. Um, so I would say it would be above. Did you bat well that day, Bruno? I batted well. Yeah, I think you copped a good. I think you copped a good one that day. I'll let you off the hook. Yeah, big jugs nicked me off down the leg side. Yeah, just set him up. He did. Nick, coming, he did nick me off after I scored sixty first. Uh, in the scorebook it says bold. See we caught. Hmm. Who would have been our keeper? James Newton would have been our keeper. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, anyway, off, mate. that's what the scorebook says. All right. He snicked me off for 60 odds. So, we both had a good day so far. He's got the big dog out. I've scored a few runs, um, posted a good score. Now, what about. Um, I normally, I'll, I know what you're going to say, and I'll say it for you because you've got tickets on yourself already. <laughs> I normally open the batting in rep cricket or in all my cricket coming through. And uh, this particular day, I was batting three. Mm, and I walked player. to the crease with old mate standing at the gully telling me how good of a catch he just took <laughs> to get our opening batsman out. Brownie took one of the best catches I've ever seen that day. <laughs> Look, I don't like to say one of the best catches. It was probably just a standard catch for my standards. Um, but it because, was, yeah. Look, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was a handy catch. It was Josh Appleton or Mitch McGrath bowling. It was Josh Appleton because Mitch McGrath bowled from the top end, which leads me to my next part of the story. Look, and we have to, on yourself. Let's just let's just before the story goes on, we're happy to say how good that catch was because I end up getting humbled a little bit further down the line. So we were cruising, Jakey Horsfield and myself put on probably 150, I reckon. And I would have been, I don't know what I was on, whatever I was on. The next shot that I hit took me to a hundred, and oh, is that right? Or was yeah. it fifty? No, it was a hundred. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Mitchie McGrath bowling from the top end. And were you at long on? Yeah, long yeah, on. Yeah, like cow corner. Yeah, no, nah, I can't slog. So I think it was long on. Yeah, okay. And what should have been taken on the boundary and Campbelltown gained momentum and probably getting or a position where they might win the game led to Jordan Brown reenacting a goalkeeper and tipping it over the, over the crossbar. And I went on to get a hundred and we chased it. I think we chased it two down. Yeah. I think I got out right at the end, three down. And we went on to take the biggies. Yeah. Cracking game. A game, I, you, brother. A game I always think back on any time, like at least a couple of times a year, I think about that game. Do you ever think what would have happened if you could hold on to that catch? Nah, nah. We still mate, we we still went on to play finals. The game didn't really cost us any anything in the end. But well, actually, when none of us ended up playing finals, we were talking about it earlier. It was a a <clears> weird <throat> year to to finish. There was a rule back when we played where well the competition wasn't governed by Cricket New South Wales. And the rule was you had to play three games of club cricket to qualify to play rep cricket. And mm. 
back then and still to this day, really, it's happening even more often. A lot of us were playing grade cricket on the Saturday instead of playing club cricket Saturday morning. So one of the teams that they finished like ninth or 10th on the ladder uh, lodged a protest and pretty much the whole top eight got wiped out. We all got disqualified and that team that protest went on to lose in the grand final, which was a good, a good result. I do remember I, I that. I that can't remember what club it was. It was either Hornsby or Northern Districts or something. Yeah, I think you're right. They're almost the same club, aren't they? I don't think, is there a Northern Districts junior or are they just Hornsby? No, there is an NDs. Okay. They might be called something different. Right. Anyway, so yeah, it was a crazy yeah. finish. I do remember I do remember that now. Yeah, because we had Hooley coached us all the way through until the last season where Jake didn't play with us. Mm. And um, <laughs> Mick Sparks took over and he was a he was the assistant coach the whole time and he was a cracking, cracking guy, cracking coach. And I still remember him storming up because we used to train just before grade cricket on a Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah. And he stormed up so angry and he was almost in tears telling us that we've been disqualified and we couldn't qualify to, to play finals cricket. Yeah, I do remember that now that you bring that up. Yeah. A, a sour way to end, but sort of, again, moves us on to that first point of contact with you and I, Big Jugs, where um, we found ourselves in the 17 squad um, later that year. Mm, that's right. Um, well, it was sort of it was the squad was picked on the back of Green Shield, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, Green Shield and reps, I think it's usually picked off. Yeah. So I think I think my second year of Green Shield was a lot better than my first year. So that probably helped me get picked in the 17s. How'd you go? In the Greenies? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, that year we had Neil DeCosta, who uh, was the head coach at Campbelltown that year. He head coach, like he was the head coach of our uh, greenie side, um, mm. which we were as young kids really pumped about. Um, but probably looking back on it, um, we probably judged Neil's individual coaching and thought that it would go hand in hand with his team coaching, and probably didn't end up exactly how he wanted it to. Um, we were obviously super competitive. Um, in the rep system, like we made finals pretty much every year from 14s and up, uh, winning it, uh, losing one grand final in the last over, winning the next grand final, then being disqualified from the finals in the 16s, and then the the great are uh, the the team below us, the 15s. When we were 16s, they had won a couple of grand finals in 14s and 15s too. So we were pretty um, like confident um, going into like my last year of Green Shield and. We didn't do much. I think we finished maybe eighth or ninth. I don't know if it was eight at that time or if it was still six for the finals, but I think we missed out on the finals. And, yeah, pretty disappointing. And we sort of jumped around um, the batting order a lot. Nothing was sort of concrete. So I think that was something we weren't used to. Like we got sort of coached pretty consistently from our 13s and upwards where we batted and how we bowled and where we fielded. And I think Neil being Neil just wanted to do his own thing and, and put people where it probably didn't suit or they weren't used to. So we didn't end up going that well. Personally, okay. Like I opened the batting um, for most of the year, which again was different. I was usually batting five most of the time. Um, I had a pretty steady year. I scored a couple of fifties and I think I averaged in the forties actually. So I, I was decent enough. Um, but yeah, as a team, we didn't do that well, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can't remember where we finished on the table. 
I don't think we played finals either. No, we didn't. I don't even think we versed you guys in the rounds. Nah, I can't remember much about it, to be fair. Mm. Regardless, we've obviously done well enough to, to be put into the to the system and spent a lot of mornings at, at BISP and a lot of uh, afternoons at BISP as well, where we, like we said, touch base with Dino and um, we actually have a, a lot of, uh, I think one memory that sticks out to me, Big Jugs, is the, the rain day. Mm. Oh, the rain day? Yeah, the day we ran in the rain. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was at the SCG. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it was at the SCG. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a hell of a day. We were, it wasn't a, a fitness session. It was a skill like session. A, a skill session. That's it. And I remember uh, Mick McLennan <laughs> mm. he used to get quite angry at times. And I can't remember why he got angry this day, but we didn't get many skills in and we went across the road in the rain. I remember Dino just laughing at us for an hour or two. And we have just we asked to Dino, have we, have we told Dino this story? He would probably remember it, you know. You'd have to that, ask him. It would have been that funny for him because he would have had, you know, plans to probably just sit back and watch the session after he warmed us up being a skill session. And all of a sudden he had to run us through fitness for an hour. It probably would have been something that he remembers back on laughing at us while he just... I think they stood under a tree while we run. Was it, what was it? It wasn't continuous running, was it? No, it was ridiculous. From, from my memory, I don't know how good, I don't know how good it is. It was like a 1.2 or 1.6 kilometer track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And actually funny that it's about that distance because that's what Dino is getting all our kids to run at the moment. 1.2, 1.6. Anyway, um, like it was pouring. Mm. Like the heaviest, (laughs) one of the heaviest, like downpours of all time. It would have been a heavy tenant rain week that day. Yeah, and it's the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. I remember actually we we split into two groups and one group would run one way, like it was a loop. Yes, yes. The other yeah. group would run the other way. And yeah, because I remember we it was mixed in with the 19s boys too. So yeah. we we were struggling to keep up. Well, you wouldn't have been, but I was struggling to keep up with them couple of big dogs in that um, 19s um, squad. Um, Solway um, was like always the big dog in the gym. I think he yeah. was pretty good on the track as well. Um, and Mortz, Damien Mortimer, he was, the, he was the fastest man alive at that stage. Yeah, he was so fit. I and remember he- in the gym too, Solway was the big dog. And I remember Dino just always telling us to watch mm. Solway in the gym. Because you'd learn so much just watching what he did and the way he went about it, and because mm. he was like he was in the nineteen, so he was out of school. So yeah, it was a different experience for us watching him go through the program at a similar stage, but a little bit different to where we were. Anyway, I remember. I just remember. I I thought I thought we I thought we were out there to run like maybe one or two of these circuits, like cut the K's and back inside we go, but. Yeah. They held to their guns, and I think we did a, like somewhere around eight or ten laps. Yeah, I, I, nine's the number that comes to my mind. Yeah, and it was just like like with like 20 seconds rest in between, and off we went again. <laughs> it was good, though. It, was it wasn't good at the time, but it, was it actually, must have been good if we can still think about it now. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to look back on and laugh about, but in the moment, it was one of the most grueling activities I've ever done. Um. Meanwhile, I had other things on my mind, big jugs. 
Um, yeah. Big big day in 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 my life it was the first day that I uh, sent my current fiance Talia some flowers, hoping hoping I could get a date off her. Yeah, I remember you telling me that story post session too. I uh, yeah, well, it was it's actually a really good day to look back on. Um, well, going through um, that squad just before um, looking at our our thirty two man squad and, and seeing where people are at now and and who's playing and who went on and um, who's doing what. Um, mm. Really interesting. It is, and well, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it is interesting looking back on it because remember growing up and probably everyone says it that they have a really strong age group Mm. and we remember we used to always say that we have a really strong age group and even like getting a little bit sidetracked I used to think the same thing at the 90s carnival too and now if you compare the players that come out of our team and compare that to players that we versed at the carnival Looking back on it, we didn't. <laughs> our team wasn't that strong. No, not at all. I think, yeah, if you look at the guys who have progressed from that 19th carnival, there's not many from the New South Wales team. No, and if you look at other states, so Western Australia had Jai Richardson, Josh Philippi, what a player, mm. uh, Clint Hinchcliffe, mm. the guy that bowls left arm Chinamans for the Stars when Zampa's away. Mm. Um, Victoria had Sam Harper um, South Australia had a couple of guys that have played Fringe Shield cricket but no Big Bash oh no they had Wes Agar yeah um, there was someone else someone maybe oh Queensland had Bryce Street yep guy that blocks the cross yeah <laughs> um, yeah and we had well, in that 17 squad as well, we had Liam Hatcher and Arjun Nair. Yeah, which is... Which we were is, both going on to do well, but we thought there'd be a lot more in the squad that would do similar to things and what those two guys are doing. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously another mention, probably Jordan Gauchi, who had a rookie for a year or two. He sort of did a little bit before losing his. Um, and, and obviously, like, Henry Thornton played a couple of games for the Sixers, and I think he plays down in Victoria now, actually. Yeah, I think he does. Um, but, yeah, there was there was plenty of guys there who were sort of earmarked as um, the next big thing that sort of fell away and, and, I suppose, lost love of the game or found other things to do. And it's just funny when you're, you know, 16 or 17, you think, like, you know, you're getting on now. These are the guys that are going to be you know, playing professional cricket, you're still uh, so young. Yeah. And you were probably sitting in the same session or maybe not because I think it was under – no, you would have been. It was under 13s. It was 13s our first year of Emerging Yeah, Blue. 13s was our first year. Yeah. So you might remember this discussion, but it's just stuck with me for a long time. And I remember Mick McLennan again standing at the front of the room and was very passionate when he was talking and saying – only one or two people in this room will make a career out of cricket. Mm. Obviously, being a 13-year-old, you think everyone that you verse is going to play for Australia, or yeah. Captain Australia. And I remember looking around going, oh, again, oh, we're different. This, this age group's strong. You throw out those cliches. Absolutely. But yeah. We had two, two – oh, we had three because Jake Doran was our age. He was in the 13s and then – after a couple of years, he progressed to be basically a year above us throughout the system because he was that good. Yeah. 
It'd actually be it'd be interesting to know. We could have done a bit more research on it to see if anyone wasn't named in this squad that's gone on to do things at a higher level. Mm. Well, um, Liam Hatcher was definitely there. Yeah, yeah. Liam He was always... Oh, you mean in the 17 squad? Yeah. Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's a couple that have been from country cricket because that squad you're looking at there was included the country play. So, like, Mac Wright. Yep, not who, here. Yeah, he was... Uh, he was... Uh, eligible or like he could have been in that squad. Yep. Uh, who else comes to mind? There'd be a couple others for sure. Yeah, we'll have to do some research on that. But um, how did you find out that you made this squad? Obviously, like when you're um, 16, like this is the pretty much the bigger, like this is one of your major targets as a cricketer. If you can make mm-hmm. this squad, you're sort of well on your way to putting a dent, I suppose, in people knowing who you are and, and putting yourself forward for opportunity. Yeah, uh, they still do a similar process today where they just post it on, on Facebook or back then it wasn't even Facebook. It was on the website, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember walking around school all day, hitting the refresh button on the phone and then it was posted just, I reckon, right on three o'clock. Yeah, I think and you're right. I remember walking out of school and my last name's always down the bottom, so I'm always scrolling straight to the bottom to see if I'm there. And I remember walking out of school, seeing my name and dad was picking me up and it was, it was a good moment. Yeah. I, um, you? I was uh, at a, um, at a friend's house who also uh, made the squad, uh, Mitchie McGrath. Mitchie. Uh, Mitchie, uh, myself, Cam and uh, Brent Atherton sort of uh, formed a little group at most of our training sessions and, Mitchie and I were hanging out at his place and I'm pretty sure, like you said, it was bang on three. I remember we were outside shooting some basketball hoops with a couple of other mates. Um, Mm. Just funny you were at school. Maybe we had, I don't know, maybe we got the day off or something. I don't know what happened. Um, Anyway. I was probably probably putting in the extra percenters, mate. Yeah, you're a little bit smarter than me when it comes to the books. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we'll keep, keep, uh, yeah, shooting some hoops. And like you, Big Jugs, I was just hitting the refresh button all day. All the boys who were there, I think, had trialed. There was about three or four. I think it was four of us. Um, and uh, finally, it comes up. And I'm the opposite to you, Big Jugs. I'm brown. I'm right at the top. You're the brown um, dog. Yeah. So I'm obviously not even half a scroll down and um, saw my name. And away we went. Started high-fiving the boys and didn't even look for <laughs> anyone else's name. <laughs> I just started high-fiving saying, I mean, boys, you know, here we go. We're away. Like, this is the start of us. You know, here we go. Anyway, um, Mitchie, who like I knew, trialed unbelievable. Um, like was um, snicking blokes off at the trials, hitting blokes in the head. It was probably the best I've ever seen him trial at one of the um, uh, blue sessions. Mm. Um, and his name wasn't on there. Was going, <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, what's going on here? Like he's not there. Um, and neither was um, the other couple of boys were with either. So like for me, like going gangbusters, I've like had to calm right down because the boys haven't made it. Anyway, I'm like, Mitchie, like, it's got to be a mistake, mate. Like, you trialed the house down. Like, you've got to be there. Anyway, he was, like, proper down in the dumps. Anyway, 20 minutes later, his phone starts going off. I'm like, oh, like, who's this? I'm like, mate, answer it. Like, see who it is. Anyway, it's Cricket New South Wales. Gave him a ring and apologised to him and said, we're so sorry. Like, we've left you off the list. Um, It was just a typing error. We we just missed your name as we were like putting people into the system. Like you've you've been picked. 
and the celebration started again and off we went. <laughs> How do you miss that? That's a doozy. Anyway, so yeah, pretty much that that um yeah, that that squad there sort of formed our foundations and like we said, um I, I maybe again in a couple of years' time at Kev's and here we are. Yeah, it was sort of 2.0 at Kev's. You yeah. <clears throat> lobbed up one day. You didn't even know I was there, did you? No, no idea. Mm. I met with Kev one afternoon and he gave me his real tough speech. Like, you cannot be <laughs> like, you cannot I be never like. got that speech. I wish I got that speech. It was so hard to keep a straight face. He's like, you will not, you will not be late to my gym. There is no tears in my gym. There is no weakness. It was like Co- Cobra Kai. That. Really? Yeah. It was honestly like Cobra Kai. Anyway, I said, "Yep, yeah. yes, Sensei, yes, Sensei." Anyway, rocked up the next day or like the following Monday, and there Big Jugs was sitting there, and I thought, "You beauty, I know someone at the gym, and he's an absolute legend." Here we go. How long would have I been going? I would have been there for maybe a year or two. Yeah, because I was I was straight downstairs. I never did the upstairs. Yeah, yeah. I anyway. wasn't upstairs for long. Yeah, I reckon I. <clears throat> Between six months and a year upstairs. Anyway, there's there is plenty more for us to unpack, sort of cricket-wise, cricket journey. That is a very sort of small, um, I suppose, intro to how uh, a few of the times we cross paths. There's a few other stories and a few games that we can maybe delve into a little bit later. Mm. Um, but I think the main takeaway that we're trying to um, sort of deliver is that you know cricket cricket is such a great network or sport is such a great network um and i suppose it's the relationships that you form along the way that can sometimes um sort of guide you down a path later on in life so i think it's pretty important to to just be happy and, and open to talking to people and and trying to make as many friends as possible mm, well said that's very well said <clears throat> anyway probably lobbing up a bisp on a Rainy Monday morning at 6am was the best thing that ever happened to you, Brownie. Yeah, mate, absolutely. It taught us a lot, formed a lot of good friendships and kept the fire burning in the belly for cricket, that's for sure. Mm. Anything else to add before we wrap it up, Big Jugs? we got to do some... Pretty good. Um, Yeah, do you want to kick us off? Gratefuls, absolutely. i got a few... Well, did we want to touch on quickly the uh, World Cup squad got picked the other day? Ah, yeah, the World Cup squad. We do want to touch on that because we've got an episode out where we tried to pick the World Cup, not squad, but team. Mm, yeah, so a little bit different. And my, my keeper didn't even get a crack in the squad. Yeah, that's the only reason I wanted to bring it up. Alex Carey's not there. Unbelievable. He, <laughs> uh, like, what did you say to me for so long during that episode? <laughs> what did I say? Oh, uh, you gave me a bit of stick about Matty Wade. I said Matty Wade's a good player, but he's not our best keeper. Well, mm, well Josh think, Inglis has been brought into the squad. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a serious yeah, player. Yeah, he's a good player. It's interesting that he's been picked. Like, if you watch both of the T20 series against Bangers and Mash in the West Indies, it was like so obvious that it was experimental, trying new guys in different positions. Different game, like between game to game, there was blokes batting and bowling in different positions. Mm. So you would have thought by the time the World Cup squad's been picked that if you're a chance of being in it, you would have already had a go or a chance to prove yourself. Mm. So Josh Inglis was in England banging runs out. So 
you can see why, and he's banging more runs out in the hundred. But it was just interesting. I wouldn't have thought someone would have been picked in that squad that hadn't been exposed to international cricket before. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. And I thought, mm. like, I just thought to leave Kerry out was pretty harsh. Like, he's yeah. got it run as a captain a couple of times um, across the uh, series overseas. And then he obviously was our, like, really our saviour last World Cup. Um, mm. He scored mm. so many. I know it wasn't T20 World Cup, but he scored so many runs for us. Um, yeah, I'd, if I was him, I'd, I'd be pretty disappointed, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, but- and then... <clears throat> They just released the fixtures too. So we're looking at playing off the top of my head, West Indies game one. South Africa. South Africa game one. And then we play the winner of Group A or yep. Yep. it would be Sri Lanka by the look of it. Then we play England, yep. the runner-up of Group B, which looked like from memory it was going to be Scotland. Or and then Bangladesh. We finish- oh, Bangladesh. Get it back. Or is it Bangladesh? Yeah, Bangladesh. Yeah. Uh, Bangladesh should win that league. Yeah. So okay. they'll play in the other pool and we'll play Scotland. Yeah. And then we finish with the West Indies. So it's not too bad, I reckon. No, I'm pretty happy with our run. And I think yeah. that looking at the squad, I mean, other than Kerry not being there for me, um, I think they've got <laughs> it. I think they've got it pretty much on the money. Would you have would you have had Manus in the squad? Yeah, look. I'm yeah, I don't know. Like I would have liked to take him, but 15 is not many, is it? But they're carrying three. Travel replacements or whatever they're called. I'd I would have liked to take Marnus. Mm. But yeah, I thought they would have. Like, but I can see why you take Dan Christian. You're almost taking another coach on onto the team. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Ellis. What about Nathan Ellis? What a what a story Nathan Ellis is. I don't know. Have you played I, against him before? Yeah, I'll tell you a cracking game about Nathan Ellis. So you would know you would know this game, and we'll quickly get to our gratefuls, but this story deserves a mention. So when I was playing at Campbelltown, I think it was my last, it was my second last year at Campbelltown. And or yeah, second or third last year at Campbelltown. And um we were being coached by Graham Smith, who's like a country boy. Um mm-hmm. And we had a player in our team uh, called uh, who's the uh, first grade captain at East at the moment, Jack Preddy. Yeah. And um, Jack's dad, Mark, and uh, Graham Smith are relatively close. And we decided if we could organise to get um, our game against St. George, who Nathan Ellis was playing with at the time, down in yeah. Barrel at Bradman Oval, that we'd do it. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you beauty, like we'll go down to Bradman Oval um barrel will come down every every man and his dog from barrel were down there so we had a pretty handy crowd um so the atmosphere was fantastic um anyway we uh i think we hit our highest score all year it was like 310 or something very like much smaller oh, yeah. ground. hey mm-hmm. that's a good school yeah yeah much smaller ground though um anyway then we um I'll cut a long story short. We ended up bowling the last over. They needed about, they needed 22 or 24 runs from it. Nathan Ellis yeah. is on strike. Jaden Simmons is bowling. First ball comes in. Bang. Sorry, did you say Jaden Simmons is bowling to Nathan Ellis? Yeah. How is it that way around? I know. Anyway, first ball, Ellis. Bang. Out of the park. Six runs. Yeah. All right, no dramas, like 18 off five, like, you know, we're still home here. Next ball, six. So he's hit two sixes in a row. 12 off four, look, we're all right here, no dramas, all good. Next ball, no ball, six. So <laughs> <laughs> we need five off four 
Next ball. Six. He hits four sixes in a row and wins. Game over. Game over. Nathan Ellis. What a player. Glad I didn't get the long story then. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only time I've played him. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Not the story I thought you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to be talking about him bowling, but yeah, there you go. Can hold the stick as well. Yeah. So he's a great story. Moves down to Tassie to try and get a game in state cricket, and all of a sudden he's touring to Dubai to play in a, or not play, but be a reserve, potentially play in the World Cup. Very awesome story. Uh, Definitely one of those underdog stories that people will love and relate to, and I'm sure he has a big following at the moment. Um, So, no, well well done to him. That's awesome. Mm. Grateful. Should we talk about more World Cup? We can, or we can save it for another episode. <laughs> People don't want to listen for longer than an hour, big dog. You kick us off. You want to take that, mate, or? Nah, mate, it's just other people want to talk about the World Cup, so yeah, okay. we'll get this I'll done kick- and I'll talk to them. I'll kick us off. Bit of a no-brainer for me, even though we've had some absolute cracking weather. It's always good to have a little bit of rain, so yeah. I'll be grateful for the rain today. Um, social media growth. We, we yeah. grabbed 45 followers overnight. Mm, wing. I didn't do much for that. That was you. That's all right, mate. We're a team effort. And my last one is Big Jug's moving in in about four weeks' time. Mm, just how many days? 23. Uh, don't excite me. 24. Oh, I've jumped the gun one early. So I'm very excited right. around that. So they are my gratefuls today. Well done. My gratefuls would definitely be dose number one this morning. And the second grateful is very similar, but just the experience, how well it was structured and lobbed up there and there's people everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. And then all of a sudden you sent ushered down this corridor and you're in and out before you know it. Yeah, you're on the production belt and out you come. Yeah, and all of a sudden you sit down and you don't even feel it go in and then you get pushed out the door and thanks for coming. Jab, jab one, done. Quicker than the but, RTA. Uh, yeah, that's right but just actually quickly what is where was that that i got jabbed today like what macquarie, is that normally macquarie fields yeah yeah it's a shopping what, center yeah but where what's normally where that was no idea i have no idea but it's yeah like you go and get your jab and then old mate's doing his groceries next door yeah but like that is it normally just an empty like what's normally there yeah i don't know it must be a couple of shopping outlets yeah, they must have. Someone lost. listening will know. Can you please help us out here? <laughs> yeah. That's your neck of the woods. I thought you might have known. Nah, Macquarie Fields is like a little bit too far away. I don't go down there that often. Okay. Anyway. But my third one is coffee. I've made a couple of crapping coffees today. <laughs> they just taste better when you... when you. Like, I was going to have one before I went this morning because I had a... 8.15 booking. So we got, well, we actually got there about 7.30. So I wasn't sure whether I had one to settle the nerves in the morning. I thought, I'm going <laughs> to wait and have one after. And I got home straight into the kitchen and it was a crack and coffee. Yeah, it's, it's never a bad grateful when you're grateful for coffee. Yeah, so that's a, that's a no-brainer. Mm. All right, well... Our, our next episode will be on holistic health. We'll have a special guest on, so stay tuned for that. We'll be pretty excited to learn some new stuff off some other gurus. Um, we obviously had Jordy on to talk about our spiritual health last time, um, so we'll be talking about something a little bit different. We'll keep that a secret for now, so make sure we tune into that. 
Very good. All right. Ciao, everyone.